Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion, Will Blackman. Bending from the end zone, he throws, and it's a flash away, and it is picked off by Will Blackman, the former Giant. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender, fumbles the football, it's up for grabs, it's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buecher and Blackman, subsidiary of Buecher and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buecher. He is Will Blackman, Super Bowl champ, NFL vet. You can find him on Twitter at Will Blackman. All right, Will, exciting weekend. Good weekend of sports, although I imagine only... Well, I, I'll take that back because I don't know if you watched the NHL uh, Stanley Cup game. It's Bruin. the Bruins. Bruins. Yeah, of course you watched it. Uh, being a, a man from New England, Rhode Island specifically, they kind of put it. They put it on the Blues. So I don't know that that necessarily fit the bill. But everything else, including the heavyweight championship in boxing, which we will get to, but. We start with the Warriors 109-104 win over the Raptors, tying the series at 1-1. I don't know who's going to be suiting up for the Warriors. No idea. Come game three. Up right now. But, and we're not talking about Kevin Durant. We're talking about just about everybody else. And I have to say, uh, Will, uh, Will, I have mixed feelings about this because I said at the beginning of the year, that I this is what I expected. I expected it to be a battle of attrition that Warriors one by one would go down and whoever came out of the East was going to exploit that. And then they got the rest. They, they swept the Blazers. They got the rest. And I thought, okay, they can finish this. They can get this done. So I picked the Warriors in six. Uh, I waffled, essentially. And now I don't know what I want to see happen, whether it's the Warriors. You want, war- you want Warriors in six. You what? want Warriors in six. I guess, but <laughs> there's a part of me that having seen this coming, having made that prediction at the beginning of the year when no everybody was like, oh, it's boring. The Warriors are going to win another one. I don't know which prediction 
serves me better or not even serves me better, but just which one feels more right. So I I hate that. I hate the, oh, it's going to be boring. The Warriors going to win again. Like when are people uh, when are people going to appreciate greatness? Yes. Well, like, that's and, and, hard. It's not. That's yes. so hard. And I also, look at it from New England. And the you, and the and the there's always drama. They they act like it's a foregone conclusion. Okay, yes, we kind of knew that they were going to beat the Cavaliers last year once they got to the finals. That they swept, even though that they swept, that said something because they put a punctuation mark on it, and. They had to go to the wall to get past the Rockets. They had to have Chris Paul go down. They had to have Andre Iguodala come back. That is the drama of sport. Now, anybody can look in hindsight and say, oh, well, I said they were going to win. And it's like, yeah, but the way they won was not predictable. And and the way they won would suggest that it was not a foregone conclusion. And I I know I'm preaching to the choir, but that's what – I, I, we should just ignore those people. We should just say, you know what? Go, go, do something else. Go, go, find some other form of entertainment go because you're annoying else. us. Respect greatness. It's hard. I look at the Warriors and how you know everyone is just not healthy. Whether it's you know medical, whether it's physical, or whatever it is. Yeah. Because I look at a team like that for 82 games, obviously. You can add the playoffs. They have received every single team's best shot Mm -hmm. week in and week out because they get off that plane or bus or driven themselves there. And and that opponent is like, hey, we got the Warriors and I'm trying to make a statement tonight because everyone's watching. So that's like 100 games a year where they're getting everybody's best best shot. And also, too, this game, I look at it where the Warriors, they're better in terms of like the basketball IQ. They're better basketball players as a whole. But I believe the Raptors, they are just better athletes as an, yes. as a whole. Yes. And that and and that is exhausting because they're can you see the the how physical they are, how they're just moving everybody around, their condition, how they're able to run around and stay with everybody. It's hard. Every single shot that they took that they made today, they were fully contested until the last one. You know, yeah. uh, they were worries how to work for it. And it's and it's tough. One one play Kawhi went there and ran over Bogut and Draymond Green. <laughs> in terms of their in terms of their I hate using the word physicality. It's not even a real word, but it's a real word in the sports world. But man. That was the big difference, is that it it seemed like the the Raptors did not get any of the easy baskets that they did in game one. That the Warriors did a great job of stopping them in transition. Ottawa Pascal. Yeah. I also felt as if and this is the this was the reason I picked the Warriors in six coming into the series, because I've seen the Raptors have these kind of offensive droughts, even with open shots. They had open looks. They had enough open looks to turn this. Oh, that last the last uh, minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, three or four wide open threes, and they simply could not knock down one of them, and then. They got to the last two minutes after missing like what four wide open threes in a row. And you could just tell they went, okay, let's try to get to the line. Let's try to get inside. Let's not settle for threes anymore. And, and they struggled because they speaking were all threes, trying to do that individually. Speaking of threes, we had a conversation a while back about who you feel outside of the stars would take the final shot. Yeah. And 
I believe you were on it where you said Iggy yeah. would do it. Yeah. And then I was like, you got to throw in Danny Green. <laughs> you got to throw And he had a big shot. Your boy, Danny, the- your boy Danny right. Green at least has redeemed himself in That's so true. far in the finals. He's played better. Although he missed one. Of, he had a, at least one wide open three at the at the end there and yeah, and didn't knock it down. Post, but he's right. He looked better. He he came back from the dead in game one, for sure. <laughs> I compared him to Bruce Bowen, the the early Bruce Bowen. The Bruce the Bruce Bowen who could only defend and not make shots. So it is good to see him come back. So now that you look at this, yeah. And I think you I think you have a certain point that's that's accurate. It's IQ versus athleticism or just experience continuity versus athleticism and depth. Who do you give the nod to? Who, who wins three more games first at this stage? Well, I was – after watching uh, game one, I was impressed with the pace and the all-out effort from the Raptors and how everyone just came to life. And I tweeted out, it would be impressive if they can keep up this pace. If the Raptors can keep up this pace, can they do this for, you know, to get four wins? And I don't know if they can, if they can go at that pace and shoot high percentage shots. You know, I don't, that's not, that's not their, that's not in their game. That's not in their nature. Yeah. You know, that, that's why what what happened today happened. For example, to go fast and to just let it go, that's what the Warriors can do. Right. Toronto shot 37% overall, 29% from three-point range. That's right. you. And the one thing they did do, and this was a reflection again of the difference between athleticism and energy versus experience, I think they outscored them, I don't know, at least 11, maybe 14-0 in second-chance points. There was, one, well, there was one possession where they got like three offensive rebounds and finally had to be in, had to be in the third quarter because they went off in the third. Yeah, well, no, no, no. This was, I think, I want to say, right down the stretch, there was another one, in, and in the fourth quarter where they had one, they had one like that. Thirty-four assists for the Warriors, seventeen for Toronto. That's, yep, uh, and it was, and I think a, a big function of that was, first of all, the Warriors were kind of forced into that because they were taking they Steph to. Curry away, yeah. and they didn't have the Warriors don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any one-on-one players who who are going to break you down uh, in these particular Steph. matchups outside of Steph. Right. So, yeah, very very interesting. I was just I was scrolling here looking for I can find that fast break points. Toronto only had a eighteen to thirteen lead. I know that that was vastly different in the first game. So, any event. Um, so, what was your answer? As far as who do you favor? I still favor the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. I can't I, – I have to favor them too. Uh, the question now is, are you going to have Klay Thompson? And do you still favor them if Klay Thompson can't play in game three and KD can't play in game three and Kevon Looney can't play in game three? Do you still favor them? I will favor the chance because they still have Steve Kerr. Hmm. Okay. It's still gonna it's still all about coaching. You know, what can you do? Yeah. So I will still favor the champs. If Steve Kerr is not coaching, 
then I'll be nervous. I would say that there is an advantage there for for sure. He has uh, he's taken a couple of risks that have paid off handsomely. I can't believe that Demarcus Cousins played twenty eight minutes. How about that? And had a double double, right? Uh, yes, double double, eleven points, ten rebounds, had six assists. I, I just I didn't think he physically could handle that, and I'll be interested to see how he feels. I mean, here's the tricky part. Oh, we 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 got two we got two days. So next game is Wednesday. They're gonna go. We're gonna go Wednesday, Friday. So they do have two days. Although you got to fly back from Toronto, that eats up one day. And I don't know. Did you ever experience that? Football is a little bit different because you don't travel quite as much. But no, the the difference here's. I was actually gonna bring that up into some traveling. So once again, I give to answer your question. Yes, I give the advantage still to the Warriors. And now. Toronto has to take a six-hour trip. Well, the Warriors do too. Well, yeah, they do. But yeah, exactly. But they already have. Right. Right. And they and they do too. In the war in the Toronto, they have to do it too. Now, for us, it's different because there was no, hey, we fly over there and play. I mean, and rest a couple days. We fly over there. We play tomorrow. Right. Now, some teams like I know Seattle, they would. When I was in Jacksonville, we would fly to when we play the Raiders. We flew to San Jose and we we flew early just to get our bodies adjusted. What's early? Maybe like we'll fly that we'll fly in on a Friday <laughs> and play on a Sunday. Yeah, that's does that's the day still, really does an extra day really help you? It, it it does help, but it doesn't matter. And I've been yeah. on teams where which Coach Coughlin is like, no, we're flying there on Saturday. Yeah, and we're playing on Sunday. Get yeah. some damn sleep. I need like two, three days if I'm really going to change and and adapt no, you don't. to a new time zone. But I, I mean, that's just from that's physically, mentally, whatever. I mean, I imagine imagine the physical the physical state I would want to be in to be able to perform physically, ideally. Obviously, with my job, I fly around all the time, and mentally, I'm impaired, and physically, it doesn't matter as long as mentally, I can kind of get there. But there's no doubt that it has an effect on me. Yeah, the the one time that I can really think of that had an effect on me was flying to London. Yeah, as a team, no doubt. And you know, they say, hey, if you go overseas, if you go overseas, in order to catch up, you have to just stay up. Yeah, don't go to sleep, just stay up. So flying over there, and then we had all these functions and all these things to do to promote the game, and then your family's there. And I'm trying to find time where I can still study and prepare and, okay, let me at least take my wife yeah. on a date because she came all the way over here. That's why I can't, I can't believe those are regular season games. I cannot believe they, they play regular season games. I can believe it. Why? Money, 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 uh, money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. But I mean, honestly, it is, and I guess both teams are at the same disadvantage, but it's, but it. Not really. Oof. Why? Not if you're coming from L.A.? Oh, well, if you're coming from L.A., yeah, different story. If if one team's coming from New York and one team's coming from an L- L.A., granted. Or if you're, you're playing the Jaguars because they play every year and they're used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you if you can, if there is a carryover from year to year, I, this is. I need to ask you this. So KD, the rumors are. I, I said it at the beginning of the series. I would be surprised if he played, okay. and that's based on. What I was told that the injury was more serious than we were led to believe. And then we had a report from Chris Haynes from Yahoo 
saying that he should be back mid-series, possibly game three, probably game four. And that report came out right after game one. He obviously sat out both of these games. I'm really Because conf- they lost. I, well, see, that's what I thought. I assumed there was a couple things going on here. One, that KD was ready to push the envelope because they lost. And the Warriors were ready to push the envelope because the feel, feeling like we don't think we can win this series without KD. But then the second part is if he was going to do that, if you were aiming to have him back and you knew he couldn't play in games one or two, wouldn't you leave him at home to get treatment, to rehab, to not do that cross-country flight there and back, especially with a soft tissue injury? Wouldn't you maximize your ability to have him ready for game? I thought when he went there with the injury described as it was, and he went there, I thought, okay, he's, they're not even planning on him playing because why would you do that? I'm still maybe trying to pra- figure that he out. he practiced with them. I don't know. They don't really have a practice. He just got, he's got shots up. Maybe, I don't know. I look at maybe the person who was doing his physical therapy made the trip. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And he went maybe. to continue his treatment. Maybe. Did you ever have a calf injury? I have. Yeah. It's what is the... <laughs> We're football players, man. This is a different... You've had everything. No, nah, it's just, you know... Oh. Cat what are you saying? You're not a hockey player. Don't go that far. What you mean? Hockey players don't even identify the injury. They just have a lower body injury. I would say as as <laughs> men, as men, yes, I think hockey players are tougher. But which sport is is more dangerous? It's football. Hands down. I don't know. It's you not even those, close. You got those blades out there, man. After seeing oh, I forget who my man was who got the like nearly had his carotid artery severed when a when a guy's skates went up in the air at least when you get laid out and you hit the ice you glide <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> until you hit the boards <laughs> and, you, and you glide i had this discussion with, with one of my trainers who um you know was an elite hockey player in canada we talked about this and i and he's first to be like hockey is this and that but then he kind of he agreed with me in that regards that yeah football is way more violent in terms of its collision yes I would tend to agree with that. So here's my question. But I actually have calf muscles, okay? So if I strain one side... Are you, yeah, oh, you're the, telling this joke. I thought I was the, other, the first one. The, KD doesn't other, have calves, right? Yeah. The, if I have a calf strain, I got other muscles that would help me out. How much do you think that this could... If he plays, it will impact what he can do? What do you mean? Well, there's one thing to play, and then there's another thing to be able to do everything that you normally do. Or there's also the risk of re-injuring it, which I would think with a calf injury, playing basketball, high degree of that possibility. Which again, for the people who have been telling me, or the people who did not expect him to play, because I didn't go out on this limb by myself. In fact, I've still I've checked in with a couple of those people, and they're still skeptical that he's actually going to play. Uh, Chris Haynes from uh, I, I know uh, has a pretty good connection into the KD camp. So if he's coming out saying this, I would suspect that it's coming from. Honestly, I would suspect that it's coming from KD. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that KD is not being optimistic or wishful thinking or whatever, but... Uh, he wasn't there said, today, was he? What's that? Was he there today? Yeah, he was there. He was there today? Yeah, he was there. And they, they had him out at practice and he was taking shots, but he had shower, shower sandals on. He was in socks and shower sandals. I don't count that. I don't count that as a, as a workout. Although, I will say, just the fact that he's out there taking shots suggests, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it suggests. We will see KD in game three. You think we will? We will. Why? Because he's, he's been getting treatment for a long time. And I'm sure he's running a little bit. And there's, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Rick, there's some good medicine out there, boy. Well, <laughs> yeah. But there's, <laughs> and I guess this is a question I have for you. When you take that medicine, there's certain injuries where they say, and I always love when they say this, we can't do any more damage than you already have. Does a calf strain, does a calf issue fall under that category? <laughs> what? Yeah. Does if you get it, if you get it shot up, if you can't feel it. Soft tissue is okay. Now when you start when you start dealing with Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like bones, you know, and cartilage. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need a. And plus, you don't tour it all. You know, if we're talking tour it all, that they give that in pill form now, so you're, you'll be all right. You definitely don't want cortisone. You don't want none of that stuff. That's right. that's, that's the bad one right there. What, why? Why is that? Because what happens is, I guess it's the the uh, old cortisone was like a fat soluble rather, and it would and when you inject it, yes, it would relieve the pain. Yeah. But it would sit in there and it would eat away at your yes, at your correct. joint. Which, yeah. Well, I don't think that's the old one. I think that's still – that's why you can only take I mean, a limited but number there, of them. But there are water-soluble – there's other ones too that you can use. But The beauty of being an NFL player, man. You get a, you get a chem license out of it. Oh, listen. It, this is hilarious. So, I actually went to the doctor about four months ago to get like a PRP injection. Yeah. You know, my knee, I have some arthritis. My knee, my knee was bugging me. And so, I go to the computer – and like, hey, you know, in order for us to, you know, okay you for this prescription, you have to check off which prescriptions you have had before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me see. And, you know, I can only think of like, you know, I had like Toradol before. I had Indocin. Those are two like powerful, powerful, like the, one of the strongest, you know. Right. After you take those, you have to honestly get blood work to make sure your liver is okay. Like those are strong. Wow. I'm going down the list. I'm like, all right, this, that. I was like, dude. I was like, Doc, I think I t- have taken everything on this list. Wow. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I looked at my wife. I was like, wow, I had this. I had this. I recognized all these names came back to me of all these uh, prescriptions. And I was like, wow. What, what so, was the one that scared you the most that you took just because of the effect it had on you? Um... I mean, Toradol is is the one because you honestly you 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 don't feel anything. Wow, you you don't. Huh. You don't. You're you're out there just 
Superman. What did you take the most of? I, did, I tried my best not to take much. I will say the year we won the Super Bowl with the Giants, that playoff stretch, actually from the, I think, second to last, I think week 16 through the playoffs, I had to win every game. A tournament? Remember, oh, yeah. I remember it was – it was Damn. one game. One game, I was so nervous. I just always took a leave or ibuprofen, and my knee was just killing me. And I had one of my teammates. He was like, "He said, bro, your knee hurts." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Sure, you better get that Toradol shot." I was like, "Nah, man, I'm good. I don't want, I don't want any injections." You know, I seen all the stories. He's like, "Sure, you better get that damn shot." And I, so I, I got up and I was like, "Well, let me go ask about it." So I walked over to the training room. Dude, it looked like. Looked like Krispy Kreme line. <laughs> I think was out the door for turtle. What? Dude, if, if, if oh. we dressed, if we dressed like you know forty six, yeah, had to be thirty guys. Oh my goodness! See, this is where I think it gets tricky when people don't really they they want to know, but they don't want to know in terms of what really goes into it into being able to play. But guys are really hurt. We had, I think, no, we had no, like no. I get guys that. on IR that year. I get that, and I and I think that's legit. Now, I do think there's probably guys. The first thing I thought of is there's some crazy dudes out there. They're just getting toured all every week. They're just, they just <laughs> listen. <laughs> He's gonna kill me, but <laughs> when I got in line, the first person I saw was Steve Weatherford, our punter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he is crazy. Yeah. He's, oh my he's god! Great, I love him. I love that guy. The but no, but this is the difficulty when we get into uh, like medical medical malfeasance by NFL teams. Like the play, I've always felt like if you're a player, you want to suit up, and and if you're going to be responsible from from the NFL standpoint, then you have to protect a player so that his livelihood is not on the line, because otherwise. Most every guy is going to look at it and say, I want to play. I want to keep my job. I want to get paid. What do I have to take to be able to do that? I understand why anybody would make that choice to say, now I'm going to sit this one out. Okay, you know what? You might be sitting out the rest of your freaking career at home on the couch. Right, because at the end of the day, they are watching the film with no notes. Right. They don't know what happened before. They don't know what's wrong with you. You may have some. You may have an injury, but you're on the field and they're watching that day, right. and that's what it is. Like every every week, we're just trying to make it to Sunday. Can I be healthy for Sunday? Right. Because when once we line up, even not even so much for the executives and the game, but the fans, you're out there. You're 100. percent Right. So I get that, and much of what you just shared goes to the heart of that. Guys are doing what they need to do. I think the doctors are in a difficult position, but I, I believe that the league ultimately has to be responsible and has to give guys a way to protect themselves without having to take something and then compound the problem. Because if you're taking stuff when you're hurt, when you're injured in order to play, the chances of you doing long-term damage I don't know what the percentage is, but it has to go through the roof. Has to. And and guys shouldn't be forced to make that choice in their livelihood. I know fans fans really don't care. They believe in fact Andrea Iguodala and I just had this conversation 
you know, where fans have this idea of you got to do it like the old days, play with broken bones, play in the Chuck Taylors, uh, don't, you know, treatment, you know, do it, do it. That's what's what a man does. You're making millions of dollars. You should sacrifice your long-term health because what? Because you're getting paid? Because you're getting paid a fair sum based on what the sport produces these days. And if you, know you complain, crazy? if you complain, then you're not, you're not a man. It's, Here's it's what's old. crazy is, is you can get released while you're injured. Yes, I know. In football, that's the it's unbelievable. And unbelievable. yeah, you come up with a settlement. Yeah, the but what leverage do you have? Exact none. Yeah, they do you decide that if the if the team is, and I'm sure there's no league rule in terms of what the settlement has to be or a minimum or anything like that, right? Uh, that I don't know, but it's it's crazy that you could be hurt and get released. Yeah, no, I've. It's been I've hard knocks. They've mentioned it a couple of times where guys that are trying to make the team and they have a hamstring and or they you know they do something they hurt themselves in that last game and next thing they know they're being waived. That's tough. That's just <laughs> it is. that is that's, just, that's not fair. It's just not fair. Not fair to make people make that choice. All right, have to get to the other topic of the day, which is. In your wheelhouse. In my wheelhouse. <laughs> indeed. And that is Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Jr., upsetting Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight boxing champion championship. What What is it now? Is it unified or which one was it? It was for the IBF, the WBL, the WBA. It's for all those. Okay. So it's all four. Yeah. He's not missing one. He's got all four. No, because Deontay Wilder. Oh, dude, that's it's, right. It's, yeah, he has right. so, he has one too. I'm exposing my lack of boxing knowledge right now. Um, yeah, he has the, he has the uh, WBC, the World Boxing Council. So there is no unified right now. Okay, this is what bothered me. One of the things that bothered me because I first became aware of this with a Stephen A. Smith tweet that was blasting Anthony Joshua for losing to Andy Ruiz, who he called a butterbean. And if you've seen Andy Ruiz, he doesn't have the kind of physique that you normally associate with heavyweight champions or champions of any kind, to be honest. But if you watch him box, I mean, watching him box in this match, he's got unbelievably quick hands. First of all, when it comes to boxing, with all due respect, don't listen to Stephen A. Yeah. He's fresh in the boxing game. <laughs> okay? And he could call him a Butterbean. But Butterbean was 77 and 10. Butterbean had damn near 60 knockouts. Well, but here's the thing. Even if you don't know the history of Andy, Andy Ruiz, to watch that fight or to watch him fight and to suggest that this is like the uh, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, where Mike Tyson came in, wasn't taking it seriously. I don't know if you want to say Buster Douglas got a lucky shot or took advantage. Ruiz, in what I saw, Ruiz can box. Like he's, Am I miscasting what no, Ruiz and that, is capable and that, of doing? No, he definitely can. That's what's funny is, so there was one picture um, at the – at the weigh-in, um, 
I think the zone or, uh, you know, they, they posted and sure enough, yeah, you saw Anthony Joshua. He looked like he's Adonis. The, the alter, exactly. He's Adonis. And then you look at Ruiz and he looked like, you know, the guy who just, you know, installed our, water, our solar panels. <laughs> you know? That's what uh, Dude, on. I don't know if you'd want him up on your roof, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think he's probably, he's, he's probably installing water heaters. Yeah. And, and he did, but once again, you know, the guy's a pro boxer. He's he's thirty three and one now. Thirty two and one before he fought. He had twenty two knockouts, dude. And then if you watch his workout, you're like, dude, the dude got hands. The dude's and he's a good athlete. And here's the thing about heavyweight boxing: you do not have to look like Anthony Joshua to look like the best fighter, right? Because frankly, Anthony Joshua was not in great shape, uh, cardio wise. Hmm. Because he get, he definitely got tired, mm-hmm. and you don't have to you don't have to look like Anthony Joshua because it's it's heavyweight and it just takes one big hit. You just got to throw right. heat and bombs. Well, that was the thing too is that, and and I've always taken exception to this Bartolo Colon same way. People make fun of Bartolo Colon. That is one hell of an athlete. Right. Bartolo Colon is one hell of an athlete because, I, and I don't care what. The form or the weight, there's certain, there's a certain movement, mobility, agility, elasticity that I think it's actually more impressive when big guys are able to move that way because they're having to weigh, they're have, they're, they're having to move more poundage. Right. If that's a, a word, more pounds, more weight. And so I felt the same thing. That, what bothered me is if you watch Ruiz box, he looks like an athlete. Yeah. If you just look at his body standing there, you'd say, oh, I, what is that guy? He's a water heater installer. But if you see him move and throw hands, you instantly yes. go, oh, damn, he's got something. He is. That's and that, that, that was the, you know what? I felt like Stephen A was appealing natural. to his base. Yeah. They want to hear the New Yorker get all outraged about something. Yeah, of and course. We can be a little smarter than that. This is just a cheap shot at a guy who, by the way, now uh, now holds four heavyweight champion titles. Yeah. Wrong. Totally wrong. Anything to add? No. I, I just think that for me, it, with that fight, yes, wasn't an upset. No doubt about it. I mean, if you bet 100 bucks on that fight, you probably won 15 grand. Um, hmm. Definitely was a huge upset. Was I surprised? I picked Anthony Joshua. Okay. And I had him in six. Granted, you know, he was going to take care of business, do what he had to do. Was I surprised? I was actually not surprised because I still believed that the jury was out on Anthony Joshua. Yes, he had that impressive win over Vladimir Klitschko, who, you know, was on his way out. And that was a fantastic fight. I mean, he actually he got knocked down. Anthony Joshua did, came back, and ended up knocking out Klitschko. So that was impressive. But I think the jury was still out because he is the international star. So all the hype was about him. Everything was about him. You know, we were waiting for someone to really take him through it. Hmm. Now, for me, yeah, I love Deontay Wilder because he is really, he's scary like that. He's scary like how Tyson was. Like if Anthony Ruiz knocked out Deontay Wilder, I would have been like, oh, S-H-I-T. I would okay. have been blown away. Okay. Because this is a little he, bit different than that. 
oh yeah, it's different because that was the attitude Tyson had. I mean, Deontay Wilder before his last fight, he said, you know, I love this sport. This is the only sport where you can kill a man, not go to jail. <laughs> so yeah, something along that. <laughs> he said that before the fight, and and I remember the other uh, was was talking talking all his nonsense, ready to fight Deontay Wilder, uh, Dominic Brazil, and I mean, came out round one, took him out. That's what he does. 41 wins. Yeah. 40 knockouts. So, did you see what Deontay Wilder said <laughs> about Anthony Joshua? I did. And? Hey, man. Can't quit. He, 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 hey, he for those who may not have seen it, he, uh, Deontay Wilder tweeted out, he wasn't a true champion. His whole career was consistent of lies, contradictions, and gifts. Facts, and now we know who was running from who. Hashtag till this day. Right, he's been trying to get that fight. Yeah. Deontay's been trying to get that fight. No, not yet. No, not yet. No, yet. Hey, you know what? Let me go fight in the states to try to like show people what I can do. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, he went and took his million dollars. He has an immediate rematch clause, so they're gonna fight in the UK. Same, Andy Ruiz is gonna fight him again back there. So. Now, maybe for us it was, maybe for me it was, but probably back if I was from the UK, yeah, maybe that would be on the, on the scale of Tyson Buster Douglas to me because he was like, he's the guy. We finally have a heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis, I guess. I'm going back before we wrap up. I'm just, I keep going back. To my, my, my thoughts keep going back to you believing the Warriors will prevail no matter what. And we'll, in tomorrow's podcast, we'll get into this more because we'll get some. Uh, we'll have some updates on the injuries with Kavan and with Clay, and uh, no doubt we'll have an update on KD and his availability. Uh, I would imagine I'm I'm waiting for an update on Demarcus Cousins too. I just if Clay Thompson can't go, and even if KD comes back, if you're trading them out, I don't know that it's enough. I know that Toronto lacks the experience, but if they can get a split. If they can get a split in Golden State and go back 2-2, I think they win Game 5 in Toronto. And then whether it's Game 6 or it's Game 7, I could see this flipping the other way. Because I just think it's you have to ride, like you, ha- you have to play DeMarcus Cousins 28 minutes. Can you really play him multiple games 20 minutes at this stage? Andre Iguodala felt it again in Game 2. I just... That attrition, I think they're going to go down swinging. I think they're going to look like, um, uh, like uh, what's his name? Oh. Tom Hanks. How do you forget Tom Hanks? I, if, Anyhow, I couldn't forget him. Goes. I could see him. I could name all of his movies. He's just blanking on, on the name. When he's on the bridge and the tank's coming and he's got the pistol and he just keeps shooting and he's already mortally wounded. Okay. That's what I feel like we're going to see with the Warriors. They're not going to give up. They're going or to like fight Queen to the Latifah end. and set it off. What's that? I said, or like Queen Latifah in the movie Set It Off. I don't I don't think I saw that. Yeah. For those who haven't seen Sarah Pirate Ryan, you probably saw Set It Off. What? <laughs> you saw one or the other? Are, so we, cover, happened, are we covering the full what spectrum? What happened was she was, sur- she was surrounded by the police and it ended up being a standoff and she just unloaded all the clips and oh, she wow. didn't survive. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think of the end of training day. That's the same thing in training day? Well, listen, we already got two movies. We're good. All right. 
yeah. Let's not go too far down that road. Fair enough. All right, that does no, it for I'm, this episode. So, yes. No, it doesn't. It no, does it doesn't. Not. <laughs> I was going to add my piece to what they did, though. You notice how aggressive Toronto was in the first game, so they used that in the second game, and that's why a lot of guys were in foul trouble. The game was also called a little bit different. I thought there were some was tough. Called. There were some. There, there were some, some tough calls, especially in the first half. Especially the one of Kyle Lowry on the fast break with Clay Thompson. He even touched him. Yeah. No, it was a great call. There was a couple where the whistle was blown and the referee's view was obstructed. They called it because there was a play at the rim and they thought there was contact. And the and the basic rule is call what you see. Yep. Now, when things are at this level and things are really heated, Basically, there's also the idea of we can't let too much contact go because things are going to get out of hand. And so they're quick with the whistle on that. And they're quick to establish things because of that. Toronto got a tough whistle in game two. We'll see how they respond in game three. All right. Now that does it for this episode of Buker and Blackman, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. Uh, thank you for the ratings. I am not going to take responsibility for the fact that we have not given out the prizes yet. I'm going to put that on John Libby, our producer. He's the one who does the drawing. He's the one who lets me know where I need to send the prizes. So, Libby, I'm calling you out. It's on you. Our listeners now know that before we can move on to the next set of prizes, you need to declare a winner for the ones that are out there, which is basically our Game of Zones package. In any event, we will get to that. I assume we'll get that in the next 24 hours because that's the way Libby rolls. Uh, but you can still, wherever you get your podcasts, rate us, send a screenshot of that rating to at Buker Friends, and you'll be eligible to win either this prize or the next one. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.